We're on page Rashid Aleph 111, about eight lines from the top. And on the previous page, Rashid, we spoke about the Uyr of Malikolmim, which is the contracted, condensed, limited divine energy, which is drawn down from the Kav, and which is drawn down specifically from the Chitzenistika, from the its source before the symptoms, from the Chitzenistika Eden Safe, from the Elias Arot and Hashem's desire for creation, which is already a limited desire and already pointing towards creation, already potentially um, in potential the estimation of everything that creation will be in potential. So in Oyer Yinsei, before it's in itself, that's a Chitzen the more external levels of that Oyer. <clears throat> and that is when the Kav, that's where the Kav, this meaning this Oyer Mugbal, Oyer Mitzumtum is drawn down from after the Tzimtzum in a way of measured and limited and specifically ten spheres and that's why the Kav is also called Tzinoir in Eitz Chaim it's like a tube like a pipe uh, at Tzinoir the whole idea of a pipe is a Tzimtzum that it's Mitzamtzim it condenses the water that it should be flow in a measured way a limited way and that's what the Zayar says the Beauty of Zayar says on the, the verse um, and the Zerah says on this verse that the ways of Hashem are straight, the pathways of Hashem, just like these tubes are pathways for the for the water, and they're straight like the Kav, which is a mitzum um oil. So, just like the a, a pipe which causes water to flow through it from the great from the great river, which has a unlimited amount of water, and the pipe is what condenses the water and contracts it, limits it, so it should flow in a limited way. And there's even smaller outshoots from that pipe which bring the water into little cups even. And the analog for that is in the revelation of the Kav from the Eden say before the Tzimtzum, from the infinite energy of Hashem before the Tzimtzum, that in general, that Ur before the Tzimtzum, even though, even the Ur which is already limited, the Koyach, and potentially limited, like Tzachitzenia Sa'ir, it's bleak vul, it's totally unlimited compared to the worlds. And therefore it's not on the level that the, world, the worlds, limited worlds, should be able to receive it and contain that Ur. Only through the Kav, which the idea of the kav is like a pipe, a tube, which in which the oyer of Hashem is con- becomes condensed, contracted, and limited, according to the level of the capacity and the characteristics of the worlds. And there's even more uh, specific tzumtzumim on the oyer kav itself, meaning more specific pipes, tubes, which are drawn down from the kav, and they relate to each sphira, in specifically individually, and bring to the sphira the oyer which is specifically related to it to that sphira. So we see from this that what that the whole idea, the mitzvahs of, the, of these tinoides of these tubes is relates even to the oyer, even to the oyer of the kav. So we see even in the oyer there is a definition that which the meaning the oyer which shines and comes into a limited way according to the specific capacities of every sphira beflat individually that oyer is already defined in a specific way. And that is already the idea of there. So now we're seeing that there's a definition even to the Oyer. And therefore you can say that the Oyer has a root in the Esos Agnusis. And then we said that even according to the Paradise, that the Sphiris, uh, that there is a concept of Sphiris, even a definition, even in the Oyer. <coughs> and like you said, that according to the Paradise, it's only a the definition of Chokhmah of Chesed in the Oyer is in a way of Shlila, just negating that it's not the opposite of these things. But even you could also say that it's Shaykh Lemar to say that there's a root for these Oyres um, in the Esther Siddur Second being that there, at least, even in a negative way, there is still a concept of ne- definition to the Oyer, even though it's a Derech Shlilam, but nevertheless, it's still Sfiris. 
in, in, a, in a more spiritual way, in a more abstract way. Just like the, the idea of the, the, the description of Chokhmah, which is in a way a shlila, meaning to say that it's not real Chokhmah, rather it's to negate the opposite of Chokhmah. So, but nevertheless, you're still relating to Chokhmah. You're saying it's not the opposite of Chokhmah. So it's, it's a specific definition to it. But it's just not a known Chokhmah in, in a positive way we can actually know it. This level of Chokhmah. Rather, it's an Yedish Shlila, just an, a negation, a stripping away, a process of elimination type knowing. But nevertheless, it's still relating to a specific definition of Chokhmah. And that's why the Ramam says that by regarding physical things, through Yedish Shlila, you can even you can get a picture, almost a clear picture, of the actual thing itself by stripping away what it isn't. So too, we can apply this to the in the spiritual realms that through Shlila, you can have somewhat of a, a somewhat or somewhat of a recognition of the actual thing which you're trying to have a knowledge of. But there is a definition between the Yedis Shlila when it's relating to the Atzmos, the essence of Hashem, and when it's relating to the Oiris. In Atzmos, when you're saying Shlila, Hashem and His essence has no description, descriptions at all. And when we get Shlila from Him anything, and we're saying that He is Chokhmar, He's not Chokhmar, not Chesedek Buddha, meaning he's totally, he's totally negated, totally stripped from all these definitions. And at the same time, Hakul Obem is Hu Hakoil, that He is everything. He, because of his shlemus, he has every positive quality, and nothing is stripped from him. Nothing is negated from him. But these descriptions cannot apply directly to him because he's obviously totally above definition. Now, however, when you're saying negation, when it relates to the oyer, which is already a revealed, contracted level of divinity, so that what you apply this idea of shlila, and you're saying shlil chachma from the oyer, it's because um, the oyer itself is can be described as chachma. Just not in a chokhmah, in a way of that we know it, in a way of chiyuv, meaning in a positive way that this is chokhmah. Rather, you can say that it's not the opposite of chokhmah. So the the just the very concept of shlila is a description, just like chiyuv is. When you're saying this is chokhmah in a way of chiyuv, or this isn't the opposite of chokhmah, you're also describing it and in a specific way related to chokhmah. But in the etzim, in the essence of Hashem, we're shlila both of them, the shlila is a chiyuv and shlila is a shlila. You're saying that he, Hashem is not defined by specific qualities, and also he's not defined by negating these qualities. So that's just the difference in a parenthesis, the difference between Shlila when it relates to Atmos and when it relates to Oiris. Now, eight lines from the top. But according to the opinion that now we've we've talked about earlier, the Pardes says he he defines Oir in a way of Shlila. That's still we just we've just said that that's still we've just concluded that's still a way of definition relating to chokhmah specifically, even though it's in a way of shlila. But there is an opinion that the oyer is totally pasha, totally stripped of any definition, totally abstract, totally simple. So according to that opinion, then we'd have to say if the oyer is totally pasha, that it's not possible to talk about the idea of spheres within the oyer, meaning any definition within the oyer, even in a way of shlila, even in a way of negation. And this is what is implied in the Mimer, which we've been quoting from the Alter Rebbe, the Eilas Tamid, that the Oiris are totally Pashat, and they're just divine energy from the emanator, extending directly from the simple emanator, which has no definition, in order to emanate, to bring about the existence of the Kalim. But the Oiris itself is totally Pashat, and has no definition whatsoever. It's just an extension of the Maitzel. Not that these oiris are specific, individual, defined energies. 
So according to this opinion, that the oyer sorely pashut, then we'd have to say we'd have to apply this also to the oyer akav, the oyer mitzumtzum or mugbol, after the tzimtzum, that it's also in a way it's an oyer bilti mugbol. It's a totally unlimited energy. And the fact that, we're, that we call it a straight line, specifically referring to the fact that it's already like a pipe, like a tube that channels the divine energy in a limited, defined way according to the specific capacity of the worlds and to enclose into the worlds in an internal way to give them an internal life force. It's not because of the in and of itself in its essence, is something which is limited. It's something which is defined um, with a specific characteristic relating to each sphere or whatever in, in definition. It's only because the infinite energy of Hashem from before the symptom is drawn down through the Rishimu, which is the Hashem's power of limitation before it comes into a revealed state in the actual aspect of the Kalim. Basically, that the Oyed and Seif is drawn down through this, this power of limitation, but the kav itself is totally pashut. The oir is pashut. And it's totally unlimited and totally without any definition, abstract and spiritual. The only thing that the that the that makes the kav, the oir, the pashut oir, into a defined, limited way is the oisis rishimu. Like, like explained in other places, the idea of letters, which the letters are defining the oir seichel, how it shines through these letters, is a channel for the letters. And through this power of Hashem to limit how it is exists before the symptom, through that, then the unlimited divine energy of the Kav comes to the state of limitation and in a limited power to bring about this state of the divine energy in a way of a Kav, which is the limited and contracted divine energy. But in its very essence, the oir of the kav is totally unlimited and totally without end and totally simple, stripped of any definition. The only thing which gives the definition to the oir, a kav, is the reshimu, the koyach agvul, the power of Hashem has to limit things. So, like we explained earlier, that when the divine energy enclosed into the vessels of the kalim that is like the analogy of the water which has no color and it goes into these colored vessels so too we can apply the same idea of the amshacha the drawing down of the erakav through the power of limitation of the rishimu that the rishimu is what applies the definition to the air to the simple air just like the colored cups are what apply the color to the simple water and therefore being that be'etzim the Eid of the Kav is totally bleakvul and posha without any def- definition and only because of the Koyach HaRashimu, basically the power of Hashem to limit. That's why there becomes this limitation in the Eid. Therefore, all of the unification that happened between the ten spheres is brought about through the Kav. And this idea of unification is meaning the two opposite spheres, which have two opposite um, modalities, opposite characteristics, Chassid and Gvura can come together that's only possible by an oyu, which is totally pushed, bligvul, which totally transcends the specific characteristics definition of both of these spheres and is able to bring them together. So, being that the oyu rakav is which totally bligvul and pushed, according to what we're explaining here, therefore all the yichudim between the opposite spheres happen, the unifications happen by the way of this kav. The antu, like the Tikkun Ezer says, the antu, the kashulayinam yachilichul. You are the one that connects them, the spheres, and that unifies them together, referring to the oyu of the kav. 
being that the Kav is in its, in its very essence totally unlimited and abstract and stripped, divested of any definition. Therefore, it has this ability to bring together opposites. As is explained regarding this in the Mimer entitled to understand the idea of Aryan Seif, the year and also in in the middle of Rebbe, in chapter 14 and 15. Now, according to what we've established, that there is an opinion that says that the Oyer of the Kav is totally Pashat, seemingly we must say that it's, it's not possible to say anymore that the root of the Oyeris, of the divine energy of the Sphiris, is has a higher source in the Asosphiris Agnusis, in the Ten Hidden Sphiris, being that we've just established that the Oyer is totally Pashat, divested of any, of any definition, totally simple, like the essence, it's it's no more, we can't talk about it as having a source in a higher level, rather it's just an extension of the essence, which is totally pushed. According to this opinion, but however, in the Maimir that we just quoted, in the note over there, or even according to this opinion, it says that the Oyrakav is ain't safe and pashut. We still must say, according to this opinion, that there are or there is some type of definition, some spheres in the in the Oyr, even in the divine energy, the extension, the kav But however, seemingly being that we're saying that it's not even possible to relate to this Oyr. The idea of Shlila, even in a way of Yidiyasa Shlila, you can't even say that Chachmah and Chesed are related to this Oyr, are called, the Oyr is called the Oyr Chesed, only to be Shlila, that it's not the opposite of that. You can't even relate to the Oyr in that way of negation, which seemingly would tell you that this is something which is totally above definition, and therefore has no Shaykhis, the Sviris at all. So if so, what is the concept of Sviris that applies to the Oyr, if you can't even apply to it the Yidiyasa Shlila? Seemingly, it's totally above any definition. So it's possible that we could explain this idea how it's possible to have Shfidus even to this even according to this opinion that the Oyer is totally Pashid, according to what is explained in Teda Eir in the Hesophis in the back of Teda Eir, and in the explanation in the Hesophis of Teda Eir and the beer, the Mimer which explains the Mimer entitled the Hashemaim Kisi, which on the bottom it says this Mimer is actually printed in Oyer Teda. Um, regarding the idea what it says in the verse, what is the house which possibly can contain me, that you can build for me? Meaning, what is a physical house, the base of Mikdash, the base of Mikdash, that can contain the divine presence of Hashem, which is totally unlimited? How are you going to make a physical house which will contain the unlimited revelation of godliness? So it explains over there, the analogy for the power of sight that a person has. And the is a very special faculty, a very special sense. It doesn't have a beginning and end like all the other senses have. For example, So, just like by the sense of hearing, it's impossible that you should hear everything, all types of sounds at one moment at the same time. Rather, you can just hear certain parts of a sound, certain details of the sound, and how they're separate and unique from each other. But you can't hear all the sounds together. If there's a bunch of sounds happening at the same time, you're not you're not going to pick up on every sound. But with a sense of hearing, which is totally different, it doesn't have a beginning or an end. What does that mean? With sight, 
you see the whole area in one moment, and with achas, with just one sight and one glance, you can grasp the whole tzir, sorry, the whole shetach, the whole area, whatever you're looking at, the whole view, without any kedima al without any preference of one part of this scenery that you're looking at over another part. Whereas in Shmia, you're only going to be able to hear certain sounds, the sounds that are louder, that are more closer to you. Whereas in Ri'iyah, you see the whole scene in one glance. No no detail of this scene is hidden from you when you're with Ri'iyah. So it have no, has no beginning and end. It's totally unlimited. Uh, and in the note over there, in the Maimur, which we're bringing of this, in the Haisafis of here in the Haggah, the note there, it's Adarach Mashal, it's a sim- it's like we have an analogy. A picture, a painting that has many it's made up of many different strokes, many different markings. And some of them are very, very fine, very, very small. And from all these different strokes and markings is made up the beauty of the painting. Uh, and when you are looking and glancing at this painting, you don't grasp, you don't notice all these little strokes, all the individual strokes and the individual sketching marks that the person, the painter made. You only grasp, you're only seeing the beauty which is made up, which is made up of all of these, composed of all of these different details, these different strokes, but you don't see the individual strokes. Uh, which means that you're really grasping, you're glancing, you're you're getting this whole painting in a way of pshitas, an abstract way, not in a detailed way where you're not noticing every single stroke. You're seeing it in a general way, in a simple way, divested of all the details. Even though in the actual physical painting there are these different strokes and different markings, details of the painting that all the, all the general painting is made up of all these details. But however, nevertheless, when you're looking at the painting, you don't grasp all these different details, all the different strokes, the individual strokes. Rather, you just grasp, you're sensing the general beauty of this whole painting, which is composed of all these individual strokes, without a differentiation of all the de- of all the details, without being able to distinguish all the details. Rather, just in a way of a simple divested, stripped of any of any details. You just see the whole picture instead of all the, the strokes, the individual strokes that the picture is made up of. Even though there for sure is many different pieces that this painting is made up of. Because all these different pieces are what making up the beauty of this painting. But when you're looking at the painting, you don't get stuck in the details and in the individual strokes and you don't even notice them. Because and not in a way that you recognize these individual strokes at all. Even in a way that you should at least a little bit notice the strokes. When you're looking at the painting from afar, you don't notice any of the individual strokes. Rather, you see the strokes in an abstract way, in a way that they're totally part of a bigger picture. You see not all the individual differentiated unique strokes. You see the whole picture. So now let's understand the analog for this, the spiritual analog for it in the idea of Ri'iyah of Chochmah. As it's known that in, in Seichel, there's a very high level where after you've understood something very well and after it's become totally one with you and you're starting to feel it through your Das, then all of a sudden you get a general picture of this thing in a way of Ri'iyah of Chochmah. 
Chachma is the highest sphere in which Eidin Seifa, like the infinite energy of Hashem, is revealed in the most pure way. And so to the of Chachma is just like when you see something, you're seeing it, and with the utmost truth, nothing, no one can come and tell you that, you, that, the, that this what you saw isn't real. You saw it with your own eyes. So the of Chachma is when you come to such a deep recognition and a deep connection to whatever you understood, it's almost as if it has the same isamtus, the same truth, as if you saw it with your own eyes. So you're connecting, you're attaching yourself to an intellectual concept or God, the, God, the greatness of Hashem in such a way where it's so real by you, even though you didn't see it with your own eyes, but it's almost as if you're seeing it because it's so real. So this, the analog for this idea of ri'iyah, which has no beginning or end, it sees everything in a general way, not all the individual details, is like the ri'iyah of Chochmah. This is the idea when you're seeing the mahus, the actual essence of whatever you're comprehending. When you reach this level of Ri'iyah of Chochmah, just like in the Ri'iyah Gashmis, you see the whole picture and what this, the, the general beauty of the whole picture. So too, when you're reaching this level of Ri'iyah of Chochmah, you're seeing the essence of whatever you're trying to understand. You grasp the concept of what you're understanding in a way of Pshitus. In a way, it's divested of all the details in an abstract way, in a general way. As it's known that the idea of the of seeing something is even more abstract and more divested of definition, even more than the concept of of knowledge through negation, which already is saying that you can't know the thing itself because it's very abstract and stripped of any definition and only through negating what it isn't. But Ri'iyah is even more mufshut, even more divested of definition, stripped of any definition, abstract, than this idea of Yidiyah Shlila. Because relating to what level in your mind, in your brain, what power, faculty, what intellectual faculty does this idea of Yidiyah Shlila relate to? It relates to the inner core of Bina. And after you come to the Pnimiyas Bina, meaning you have a deep inner understanding and you've come to a real isbainus and hamakas adas. You come to a real deep concentration, and you truly are contemplating in a deep way with all the details of this concept. That is the level yidiyas shlila rates to. And after that level of pnimius bina, the inner, you've reached the inner core of bina, which is this level of understanding which the emotions automatically flow from. Then you come to hupchenasakara. You come to a recognition, which usually relates to the idea of das. You totally attach yourself and feel the concept which you're understanding in your brain until now. Which hakara, recognition, is in the actual essence of the thing which you're understanding. Whereas Pneumius Bina is still in a more chitzenistic level of the thing which you're understanding. Hakara is now relating to the etzim of the thing. And after you reach this level of hakara, turning the page, then you come to the level of the of Chochmah, which I said before is this amtus, this truthness of sight. Just like when you see something, no one can, no one can tell you you didn't see it. No one can contradict it. You saw it with your own eyes. So too, when you, after you reach this hakara, this deep recognition and attachment to the concept, then you come to the his amtus The concept which you're contemplating becomes so real by you, almost as if you're seeing it. which is even a higher level of shata of abstract. Um, nature than the idea of hakara, meaning relating even to a deeper, deeper level in the intellectual idea and the intellectual thing which you're contemplating. The inyan afshatu hu shaprotim. What's this idea of afshatu here? That the more deeper you're getting in your seichel, 
until you get to the idea of Chacham, the more hafshat, the more mufshat it is, the more divested it is from any details. So the idea of hafshat here is that the details are not any more recognizable. You're not getting caught in all the details. Like in the painting, you're seeing, you're not getting caught in all the individual strokes. Rather, you're just grasping the whole concept in a way which abstract, stripped of any details, and without recognizing all these individual ideas which this intellectual concept is made up of. You just see the whole concept in its in a general way, but in a mufshat way, in a way where it's very spiritual, very abstract, and very close to the essence of what the concept really is. And that's why it's very true by you at this point. You see the real beauty of the concept and the whole concept without getting caught up in the details which can which can abstract which can um, distract you from the true meaning and the truth of this concept. Because from the level of Re'iya, when you see something, it's impossible for a person to make a picture within himself, and how this thing was made, and exactly what is it made up of, the individual strokes, how, how it is and what it is. Just from seeing the picture, you cannot dissect it to a point where you're able to understand how it's actually made, and all the individual strokes which make it up. Whereas when you come to Hakara, which is a deep attachment to whatever concept you're understanding or contemplating, then you could actually formulate a some type of spiritual picture within your mind of how this is and what it is. Meaning in the muscle of the picture, when you look at the picture in a deep way and you understand how each stroke makes up this general picture, so now you're relating to the details more and you can start to make a picture of how this was made, what it's made of. And so too in Seichel, when you have a deep attachment to the, the concept that you're contemplating, you don't just see the general picture, the abstract essence of this. You see the details and you can start to understand how this, the greatness of Hashem, so to, uh, for example, is made up of all these details. But when you're seeing something with your physical eyes or with the eyes of your brain, so to say, you can't make, you can't picture for yourself in your mind um, how this is made and what it's made of. Because you're only grasping the matter in a very abstract fashion, an abstract way, not relating to the details, divested of relationship to actual details of what this concept is made up of, the details, the explanations, etc., the different breast, the different uh, strokes of the the brush strokes. Rather, you're just seeing the general abstract core of this. I'll stop there. Six times at the top of Rashid base.